Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Fenway Rundown presented by Mass Live. I'm your host, Chris Cotillo. You heard from Chris Smith earlier in the week talking about some Red Sox offseason takeaways. And, and we talked about then the guys they've added to the 40-man roster on Tuesday. So we're pleased to be welcomed by one of those guys today. It's Chris Murphy, left-handed pitcher, not the senator, as we'll talk about uh, later on in the show. But you know, Chris was one of five guys who was added to the roster, could make his debut in 2023. And pretty interesting guy, sixth-round pick in 2019. So we're going to get to know him on the show. So thanks to Chris for hopping on and hope you guys enjoy it. So we have Chris Murphy, uh, who we can officially say is uh, now on the 40-man roster, a member of the Red Sox, left-handed pitcher, who's, you know, you've been rising up kind of the prospect charts for the last uh, few years. But now I think, at least in the mind of everybody who covers the team, it's a little more real when you get, you know, put on that 40-man roster, which is what happened Tuesday. The Red Sox added you. Uh, four other players to the 40 just to start. I mean, what was that like getting that news for you? Um, you know, I'm sure you kind of think of the, the different moments you're looking forward to, obviously, you know, making your debut is the big one, but is that kind of one of those landmark moments that you, you know, uh, seek out when you start your pro career? Definitely. Uh, I was actually reading an article yesterday about Zach Britton talking about it and he's saying he was more mm-hmm. excited about getting added to the 40 uh, than being drafted, which is crazy for, Right. somebody like that at of that caliber but i can say i was kind of i kind of related to it a little bit getting drafted was the most hectic day of my life mm-hmm. and then uh getting at it was something i was really looking forward to it's a milestone it's something it's it's that recognition that you're one step closer that you're right there right i mean is that is that day like a catch-22 because you know on one hand you get added to the 40 right and you're that's the next step you've been with the red sox your whole pro career on the other hand though like if you don't then you're probably a guy that's going to get picked in the Rule 5 draft and be, you know, theoretically on a major league roster to start the year. Does that cross your mind at all? Uh, yeah, that's that's a thought that's there. Um, my agent had been talking to me about, like, hey, don't worry if it doesn't happen. Like, you're, you're in a good spot. Um, but for me, being on the 40 man's job security, this is a team that I got drafted by that um, that I've developed with, and it's it's a comfortable spot, so... Um, happy where I'm at, whatever the outcome was, I think I would have been okay, but mm-hmm. very happy to stay with the Red Sox. For you, is it like just a Brian Abraham calling or how did that kind of transpire on Tuesday? Uh, I was playing catch at Cal Berkeley with two guys and I was, it was a three-way catch and I was the guy wearing double. So they really needed mm-hmm. me in that, for that moment. And yeah. I just heard my phone ringing like, dude, your phone's ringing. I'm like, oh, it was Abe's called me real quick. It was it was a one-minute phone call. Just wanted to congratulate me on being added to the forty, and he said it'll be coming out in the next thirty minutes, and that was really all it was. And 
And I was, mm-hmm. it was more ecstatic. Like, Oh, did I, did I say everything I should say? Like I said, thank you. Like this <laughs> right. is awesome. Like, uh, it was, it was quicker than I thought it would like, not that I thought it would be, but it was mm-hmm. this very quick phone call with, uh, and then there, you have the Twitter recognition after that. Right. Um, does that, you getting that one step closer. Does that change your, your mindset, your, your goal for, for next year? Is it just, you know, being a triple A at the end of the year, I guess the, the majors are within sniffing distance anyway. So is it just one more kind of like, you know, sign that you are on the doorstep and that the goal in 23 is to be in the big leagues? Uh, definitely. Uh, it's, it's a sign that the Red Sox want me a part of their plan and right. for the 2023 season. However, however, I may be a part of that. I, I want in, um, it's, it's a very storied franchise where it, there's the fan base is unbelievable. There's um, a lot of hype around every single game. So mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those things that I just really want to be a part of. Right. The, for you, a sixth round pick in 2019. Um, so now that's, you know, four years, we can call it kind of four years in the, in the pros, obviously 2020 is a wash and it's a uh, kind of a unique yep. situation there. What's the biggest thing that you've learned about yourself or that you've, thanks to the organization, improved on in those four years, would you say? Um, just to do my routine, be comfortable with what I do, um, be athletic, be be the pitcher that I am. We're all different uh, in college. Things got maybe a little bit cookie cutter with mm-hmm. some of the guys. Not to it, – it's, it's hard being a college coach having – 20 pitchers and you're just one guy doing it all. And I can completely right. understand that. Uh, but it was very individualized for me when I got drafted, it was here's 90 days, do whatever you want. Uh, and, and show us what you can do and show us that you have, you know, yourself, you know, your program. And that's, that's what I showed. And they let me do my own thing, but just push me along the way and, and, help me with things like a slider or where to pitch to certain guys in certain spots. So it, it's been really comfortable for me. I haven't had to do anything that's been um, anything drastic, if you know what mm-hmm. I mean. Let's, let's talk about your 2022. I think it kind of got off to a, an interesting start with a little bit of hype during minor league camp. Alex Cora, as I'm sure you saw, you know, he was asked, you know, just during the lockout, he's in Fort Myers kind of watching some, some players and, it says Murph is a guy I'm looking at, you know, I mentioned your fastball and, you know, obviously at that point catching the eye of, of the major league manager, was that motivation for you as you started this year? Uh, it was definitely something in my back pocket that I, I know the fastball was good, but I didn't mm-hmm. itch to the best of my abilities at spring training. And I kind of knew that. Yeah. So it was more just like, there's more, like there's mm-hmm. much more than just that, that I can show. And I took that into the season. It was, it, it made me want to, I want to get there so bad. It was one of those things I, I want to win at the big league level. And that's the goal at the end of the day for, for almost everybody. So that carrying more than just a fastball into the big yeah. leagues is, is the goal. Right. For you started the year in, in Portland, obviously uh, we're pretty dominant for the first couple of months. there. promoted to Worcester uh, midway through. And then, you know, as often happens when guys get promoted to new levels, there were, there were bumps and in, in your time at triple a, um, you know, I think walks went up and hits and those types of things. What was the biggest adjustment for you once you were at AAA at that, that highest level of the minors? Um, guys stop chasing pitches that they were chasing in double A. So yeah. you, you start, you go through a lineup, um, you have four or five guys in every lineup that have been in the big leagues. 
mm-hmm. and they're seasoned hitters, they're veterans. They want to get back up there too. They're taking good ABs from pitch one of every game. And uh, in double A, you get a lot more younger guys that maybe right. were in high A the season before. Uh, so it, it was just more of a learning curve of how do these hitters approach pitchers? And if I'm not throwing strikes, they're just going to take it. Mm-hmm. And, um, that was, I kind of kicked myself in the butt there with getting behind in counts and you get behind in counts at AAA and, or in the big leagues, you're, you're going to give up hits and you're going to walk more guys because guys just get more disciplined as an at-bat goes. And so heading into next year, I assume as you probably do, you'll be, you'll be back in the Worcester rotation, at least to start. Does that, you know, attack mentality, a big piece of, of what you're trying to do as you start the year? Definitely. Uh, we're going to, the goal is to get those walks down, attack, mm-hmm. attack guys the way I was in double a in the beginning of the triple a, uh, campaign. Uh, I was, I was aggressive attacking guys and I was getting, I was, I was having some decent results. So right. it's getting back to that and, not veering away from it, even if I have a bad start here and there. Just keep attacking, doing what I need to do. And Worcester, obviously, uh, there was a real stable of really, really good pitchers this year. And we saw in the major league level, obviously, you know, Bayo came up, Winkowski, Crawford, Siebold. But, you know, the guys behind and kind of that next year, whether it be Walter, um, another guy who was at the 40 the other day, or Mata, who has electric stuff, you, um, in terms of that staff, I know guys were coming and going, you know, all summer and, and late into the year, but just how much talent, you know, from the inside, does it seem like there is in the higher levels of the minors for the Red Sox right now? It just seems like there's this big wave that hasn't been there, you know, for the last half decade or so. Yeah, it's it's been pretty crazy seeing how it's transitioned from even when I was drafted in 2019. These are guys that I've come up with a little bit and mm-hmm. I played with Bayo back in um, 2019 instructs. I met him for the first time. And in 2020, uh, I played a played with him in Instructs again, and he came back with a 99 mile an hour fastball, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh my god, this is crazy!" And <laughs> yeah. Walter came up out of nowhere. That was a guy that was, he I think he was a Florida Complex League guy in 19, mm-hmm. and he burst out onto the scene, comes back in 2021 throwing 95, and I was like, "This is crazy!" So yeah. it. <laughs> It's it's pretty cool even seeing hitters develop too. Like that, we have like Emmanuel Valdez that got protected mm-hmm. as well. That guy yep. rakes. Um, so it's it's pretty cool to see a system develop uh, and guys that I I've played with moving up. Uh, it's I feel like I'm watching the big league future, whether they're with the Red Sox or if I'm with the Red right. Sox in the future. Like it, it's cool. I know that there's going to be a lot of guys that I've played with that are going to be up there for a long time. Looking back, do you see, as you look at, you know, not just yourself, but other guys, that 2020 year where there's no minor league season as, you know, guys either kind of, you know, did things on their own. They really showed up and really pushed themselves to be great or some guys fell behind. Like, do you think that that was what people did on their own back then? Walter, I think, is the, the prime example, as you mentioned. Like, do you think that that was really kind of a crucial, you know, everybody had to make up their mind how much work they were going to put in and you see the results now two years later? Without a doubt, there was a a point where I was even a little uh, going into spring training 2020. Um, I weighed a little too much. I was told mm-hmm. to put on some weight, but my I didn't feel the same on the mound. The velo was about like 89, 91. Yeah, and I I it felt hard being athletic, and I took that time and emphasized it and 
lost 15 pounds, got more athletic and made some strides. And Walter is definitely a guy that got mm-hmm. on. I, I don't know if he got on tread or whatever the um, program is that either driveline or tread. I, I forget which program he did. Yeah. But that guy just just rocketed through a system and he was an older guy. He kind of had to force that probably saved his career. So mm-hmm. that's something pretty cool to see. Um, and I definitely know a lot of other guys in other orgs that did the same thing. Yeah. Where uh, I actually had a buddy, Max Bain, who plays for the Cubs. Mm-hmm. He was a senior senior pick in 2019. He was, I think, 270 pounds or something like that. Big, big dude. Mm-hmm. And through like 91, 93, took 2020 and lost 70 pounds or so wow. and throws 100. And saved his career and it was a it was a pretty cool story to see that guy do it too yeah that's cool on the other side not that you're going to be naming names or throwing anybody under the bus but have you seen guys that you know they clearly didn't put in the work and fell behind whether um with the socks or, or elsewhere in, in that 2020 span there have definitely been some guys that i i've been like damn like that guy was really good in 19 or even 18 yeah like looking back and uh, seeing how good they were when you looked at prospect rankings and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, there's, there's definitely those guys that it, it is harder for some people to have facilities to throw at during that time, right. depending on where you were, what you were doing. Um, I think, I think COVID was tough on a lot of people in terms of working mm-hmm. out in, right. in general, no gyms, mo- at least I was living in San Diego. Every single gym was closed. We mm-hmm. made a, a home gym in our garage. Yeah. As many did. Yep. Um, it's, it's interesting. I mean, now kind of we, we can look back at the data on what, you know, came out of that, especially for, you know, minor leaguers prospects developing. It seems like that was a real inflection point for, for a lot of people um, in, in different in different ways. When you talk about Bayo, I mean, a lot of guys we had, you know, Zach Kelly was, was on the show a few weeks ago and, and said like, his stuff's as impressive as anybody he's ever seen in the minors. And, you know, I, as I told the story back when I had Zach on, you know, Rob Restnider came up to a few reporters in the clubhouse that day and said, have you ever seen this guy pitch like in, in person before? If you haven't make sure you're really tuned in tonight, like get off your laptop and focus and, and actually just watch the show. Is his stuff as tantalizing as you've seen from, you know, a guy his age or, or a guy at those levels of the minors? Uh, it's I would say it's the best I've seen out of anybody yeah. in the minors and I've played catch with them a few times. It's not it's fun playing catch mm-hmm. with them, but it's like this is crazy. Yeah. Uh, scary everything move everything moves I think what is it, twenty five inches, even as fastball has mm-hmm. uh vertical break and horizontal break. It, it's 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 dumb what he can do with a baseball. His fingers <laughs> right. his fingers are some of the he has some of the largest hands I've ever seen on a kid that's he's maybe my height, a little bit taller mm-hmm. than me. Uh, things the things he can do with the baseball is crazy uh and saw that comp on pedro martinez and couldn't couldn't be more spot on like it's yeah you're looking at pedro martinez jr give it 10 <laughs> 15 years and right. you're gonna be like oh my gosh this is this is real <laughs> yeah and anyway, i we saw that down the stretch in boston too if you bring up comps i'll ask you the question who's chris murphy's comp if you had to say right Ooh. now Ooh. um have to be a lefty I think probably does, yeah, right? Probably. Uh I'd probably go Cole Hamels. I mm-hmm. I somebody I watched growing up a lot, either him or Clayton Kershaw have been um two guys that I watched a lot. Growing up in LA, Kershaw's just right. a guy. Mm-hmm. Um wish I had his curveball. <laughs> <laughs> uh 
I think uh, everybody might. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a fun one. Um, it's hard thinking about comps, being that those guys are definitely way taller than I am. I don't know how right. many six foot lefties are there, and I'm being generous with the six mm-hmm. foot number. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think you're you're listed six one, right? So yeah, it looks six one on a mound. I'll give it to myself. There you go. Uh, everybody lies a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm in that boat too. Just I, I don't have to list. I don't have to list my height anywhere, so it's actually better. Um, the I think something we've seen in the Red Sox organization the last couple of years with Whitlock with Hauk, the value of versatility, right? Being able to come out of the bullpen, whether it's the the two inning, three inning, you know, shutdown uh, type guy at the end of a game. Um, you know, we've seen both of those guys start. Seems like they want Whitlock in the rotation. They're going to stretch out Tanner in the same way. You're a guy that's basically, you know, primarily started your entire career. I know there's a couple times that you've come in um, in relief twice this year in Portland. I know some of those numbers kind of get uh, a little wonky because sometimes there's piggybacks or, you know, an opener or a rehab or whatever it might be. Um, are you at the point where you're, you'd be comfortable coming out of the bullpen, whether it be in short stints as a long guy? Um, you know, it's not something you've done too much. I know everybody says, obviously, I'll do anything to, to get into the majors. Whitlock always tells us. I'd be the janitor if it keeps me in the majors, but um, <laughs> why do you feel like you could possibly, you know, be a reliever moving forward if that's what they asked you to do? I actually felt very confident pitching out of the bullpen this year in yeah. uh, Portland when, when Lance Carter, the pitching coach, uh, told me that I was doing that. I was actually pretty excited. It was something, mm-hmm. it's like a redeeming thing because I had struggled with it in 2021. Yeah. And I actually thought I pitched really well both the times I came out. I just got a little unlucky behind me on mm-hmm. defense. Um, and then there was like a Redding outing where I came in in the second inning. It was like 70 mile an hour wins to right. Gave up like a <laughs> home run that was like 85 mile an hour exit. Like it would never mm-hmm. be a home run. But right. I like the intensity. Um, it it gives me a natural adrenaline without even needing to do it. I, mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, I, I could definitely see myself doing that. I'll do, again, I'll do whatever it takes to be up there. Right. Um, so... That's that's my answer on that. I would definitely do it, and I would feel very comfortable doing it as well. You think there's something to the whole different look type of thing? Like we've Alex Cora talked about this year, different times, like wanting to have in the same game either Whitlock and Rich Hill or Tanner Houck and Rich Hill, or toward the end Bayo and Rich Hill, where you have like this high octane righty coming in, and then you have you know Rich Hill throwing 68 mile an hour curves. You think that that's that's a real thing that the feedback from the hitters, if you know you come in, let's say after a righty who's, you know, throwing one one or whatever, that that could be, you know, a, a very effective spot for you. Uh, definitely. I think if, if I have a different mix and obviously throw from a different side of the mound with a different arm, right. it's definitely going to be a different look. I can definitely say that I've seen, um, just in, in a ball. I don't know if you know who Brendan nail is, is a, mm-hmm. he's a guy in, in, in the Red Sox system lefty. He had long hair, just like me. Uh, he, whenever he would come in after me, he, he was just like, These guys are seeing the same guy again, uh, yeah. just a different name. Mm-hmm. And we had the same mix, looked exactly the same, same height <laughs> through yeah. around the same velo. And it was just like, he's like, it's not it. Like they're very comfortable up there. So mm-hmm. there's something to seeing a different look without a right. doubt. You, I think you, you told my colleague Chris Smith before the season that you were, you know, hoping to be more effective against righties this year, and, and there were strides in that department. What was the key for you, and what were some of the goals going in on your attack plan against them? Uh, 
I think it was more or less just attacking them comfortably, going mm-hmm. inside whenever, whenever account needed it, or throwing a two zero changeup or a two zero curveball. Um, I can actually think about Joey Manessas was one of those guys, ex ex Red Sox minor leaguer and yeah, in the big leagues now. And when I faced him in my first AAA start, um. I got behind on him all three ABs, whether it was 2-0 or 3-1, and I just kept flipping over curveballs. And it mm-hmm. was got him to roll over three times. And it's just that comfortability of throwing any pitch in any count and not right. having to overpower him and knowing that I can beat a righty the same way that I beat a lefty. Mm-hmm. And so just keeping him off balance is really was really the thing this year. Yeah. And so that's something that you feel like was something you you needed to focus in on and and were pretty successful with. Definitely. I mean, pitching in the big leagues, if you can't throw any pitch in any count, you probably won't be there. Uh, Mm -hmm. You need to have that confidence level. So that's something that I've been moving forward on. And just if I can throw all four pitches for strikes, nine out of 10 times when I want to, then I'll be in a good spot. Mm -hmm. For sure. We'll end with this one with something different uh, a little bit. I'm sure you've been asked this before. Uh, Unfortunately, I don't think you're the most famous Chris Murphy out there. Uh, <laughs> this is, you know, the senator from Connecticut who is a yep. presidential hopeful. He also happens to be a huge Red Sox fan, um, which I'm not sure if you were aware of that or not. He follows a bunch of people on the beat. Not me, but maybe we'll get there someday. Have you had uh, any contact with him? I, he might have tweeted at you or something that I remember, but any uh, kind of relationship or contact with him at all? Um, never had direct contact with him, but when I got drafted, uh, I believe MLB pipeline or the draft thing tagged his Twitter page <laughs> and it was, it was pretty funny. I was like, all right, yeah. that's like, I knew that that was coming. Like it had been something that I've seen on Twitter for years. Right. Uh, this guy is it. Um, I had a, it was a gag gift that my mom bought me in 2020. Uh, she bought me a Murphy 2020 shirt. Uh, <laughs> there you go. So I, I've definitely like, I keep track. I follow him cause it's, mm-hmm. it's just funny that he's Chris Murphy and I've seen other people tweet at him at when I mentioned, right. uh, but no, I haven't, haven't talked to him. Haven't crossed paths on Twitter. Really? That's probably mm-hmm. something I should, I should do. That'd be a good, that'd be a good combo. Right. Uh, good collab there, but yeah, that'd be pretty funny. Yeah. I mean, he, Last year, Kevin McCarthy was in camp with the Red Sox too, so they had, I guess, both sides of the aisle represented between between you and him. But no, he's apparently a huge Red Sox fan, so I'm sure you're on his radar. Yeah, that that'd be pretty cool. Um, definitely, definitely see what he says if if anything happens if I debut and he says something, I'll be sure to DM him, ask him. Yeah, for gotta get him to throw a 2024 out the first... shirt or something. There you go. <laughs> get him to throw out the first pitch with you catching it well that is the red Sox, not senate version of chris murphy recently added to the 40-man roster chris we really appreciate it thanks for your time thank you chris thanks for having me on i appreciate it